Hey everyone, I'm Joanna, yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki master, sound healing practitioner, and sacred cacao facilitator. You're listening to the Vibrational Shift podcast, dedicated to people looking to reconnect with themselves. Together, we'll explore different energy healing modalities, meditations, breath work, sound healing, and so much more. Are you ready to experience a vibrational shift with me? And welcome back to the Vibrational Shift podcast. On this week's episode, I have on Vanessa Coronu, the Biz Bruja. She is the teacher of teachers, the healer of healers, and with more than 10,000 psychic intuitive sessions and hundreds of students, both in the US and Latin America, Vanessa is an acclaimed bilingual psychic medium, clinical hypnotherapist, astrologer, international intuition trainer, and soul business mentor. She is a powerhouse. And if this is the first time you're hearing of her, run over to Instagram. Make sure you're following her. She, I can do no justice to just how powerful she is. By the way, just for our listeners and for those of you that are on my email list, she is offering a special deal for 30-minute Akashic Records readings with her, normally $150. She is knocking down the price to just $97, so make sure you claim that deal. I'll be highlighting it in the email newsletter until the end of the month. That's when the deal expires at the end of July, so make sure to get on the email list if you're not already. And if you are on there, you'll see it highlighted in the newsletter with the special link of how you can book your session with her. So we chat for quite a while on this episode. I hope you enjoy. Please be sure to leave a rating to subscribe and to share this episode with anyone else that is in need of some inspiration to be courageous and fierce just like Vanessa. I'll catch you on the other side. Vanessa and I, I followed you for actually quite some time. And then it found out that someone else I was collaborating with and working with was a friend and teacher, um, a dance teacher of yours for a very long time and was even in your wedding. And I remember when I was watching your summits, um, one of the ones you did in the, in the fall of 2022. And I think you had another person that you were interviewing and like all of the dots connected for me. I was like, oh, Vanessa and Vanessa and Janelle, like, oh my gosh, they all know each other. Like, that's how I, I remember just being blown away about how all of the different pieces were kind of colliding. And I had already followed you for quite some time. And um, eventually I reached out and we started working together and I've been, um, working with Vanessa now for several months. And I think this probably would take its own full episode of just talking about, um, the impact that you've already had on my life and in what my vision is for Luna Serenity. Um, but I actually want to let you introduce yourself to talk about all the things that you do and, um, maybe tell the listeners, more about yourself. Thank you, Joanna. I'm so happy to be here and honored to work with you. You're such a beautiful, bright light and you have so much integrity. 
before we came on, I was just saying that I really put out the energy of those that are really in alignment to come towards me, right? Sometimes when we step out in our spiritual work or in our intuitive work or in our healing work, um, we might be frightened of who might come towards us. And I also believe that when we set that intention, um, that we will get what we need and what we what is what is in store for us. So hello, everyone. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, my name is Vanessa Colornu, and I am South American, Argentinian, Peruvian, and many other things. Um, I was born in Peru, came to the U.S. when I was little, and I grew up in a spiritual family. I started reading people at 16 and hired by a talent agency by 22 in New York City. And I didn't come into my full-time work to about 11 years ago. And so I am a psychic medium. I am um, a clinical hypnotherapist, uh, Mujer Medicina. So I'm trained in indigenous practices of healing and an Akashic record reader and energy worker and Reiki. And really the list can go on. At the heart of it, what I am is um, someone who holds space for your greatness, someone who is rooted in her own medicina and by that, by embodying my own magic, by my own strength, my own, my own fierceness, what you were saying, I am inviting people to remember their own, right? I'm inviting people. I'm not giving it to you. We're not finding it somewhere. You don't get it when you hit level 150 in spiritual development. It's already within you. And uh, I have a podcast, the Biz Bruja podcast. I write for Ola Magazine, Querida Brujita column. And I have an online school, the School of Healing Artes. And um, yeah, and I'm happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. So can you talk a little bit more, actually, because you, you mentioned it before we started recording, um, the healing school that you just said. So the School of Healing Artes, so I've been teaching like for decades, right? Because when you're kind of a guide, a leader, you kind of learn something. I think that this is a pattern and we go show it and share it with everybody else. So I think it's a beautiful way to uh, step into our own energy and healing by sharing our work with others. And so I did this work 20s, 30s, early 40s. And then I came into my business, into my work officially and I was teaching and teaching online from the get-go in 2012 online on conference calls. And right before COVID, you know, I was like, I never gave it a name. I just teach, teach, teach. And then it was like, well, what is it? Of course, I looked up trademarks. Of course, I did all the practical things. And the School of the Healing Artes can't even really be trademarked because there's so many School of the Healing Arts um, without the ES. But I was like, no, this is what's calling me right now. I trusted it. And basically, it's an online school where and who I focus on mostly um, is BIPOC and Latinx. So that doesn't mean that I'm close to anyone who is not that. But all through my life, especially the way I grew up, my healers were people of color, right? They were usually women of color. I was going to Dominican healers and Ecuadorian and Peruano and Afro-Latinas. And what I saw as I kept growing up was like, wow, everybody on TV is 20 years old, blonde, white, or 70 or 60 years old, blonde, white, skinny. Um, and there's nothing wrong if you are that, right? Because all forms of spirit are blessed and beautiful. But we know that media overly focuses on, you know, and, it, and centers white people and centers patriarchy and centers males and in hypnosis, right? Everybody who was successful for all these years was either a very older looking woman, white woman, or, or a white man of any age. It's changing now. 
And so I said to myself, you know, now that I'm going to make it officially a school, I want to focus on supporting the next generation of BIPOC and Latinx healers because that's where the medicina comes from. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that in Europe there weren't fabulous, you know, healers back in the day and all that. But we know that we come from Africa. We know that we are born from that continent and that energy. And so it's time to raise up the medicine and the people who had a lot of their work stolen from them over mm -hmm. time, right? And so that's why I did that. And it was a very successful start. I mean, it's still there. I took a little break right now because I, I needed it. I've been teaching online for 11 years. Um, but people from all over have gathered. And what was beautiful too is so many women of color would come into, like the Akashic Records had 33 people in it. And she got emotional. She cried and she said, oh my God, I have not been around so many women of color here. And so um, it's my honor, my and my calling and my purpose to support just the next generation of, of, of folks of color. The medicine has been put down or taken for so many centuries. I don't want to get emotional um, that it's time for it to be reinstated, for there to be a balance in the world. And that balance means that we see it as normal and obvious that we're going to go to a black healer, to an indigenous healer, to a mixed race healer, to someone who, who is not just have family that's been here for 400 years, you know, of, of, of European descent. Um, so yeah, so that's the important thing. And so there's Reiki in it, there's hypnosis, intuition, mediumship. Um, and, and it's been a big community. There's also a lot of free events, right? Because that's so important to me for us to be able to have events and offerings where anyone can walk in and experience it without feeling uh, and there was a pay what you can in Reiki, which is not typical at all, Joanna. I, I think you've seen that. And um, some people were yeah. upset with me, but I was like, there's anxious people all over the world right now who are stressed out. This is COVID times, right? 2020, 2021, Where I was like, I don't care. And I trusted that I would be okay because once you're in the coaching industry and in the healer industry and people are like, oh, you're not charging what you're worth, which is a whole other conversation. I don't think we can charge what we're worth because we're worth beyond any amount of money that we could ever be paid. That's just my thought. Um, so that's why I created that and I love it. And I'm very grateful that people resonated to it. Thank you for sharing that. Having been in this field for decades and all of the, the shifts that you've gone through, whether it been in your business or personally or professionally, I'm curious, what kind of shifts have you had that you could point to, um, where you've really had to lean on the different practices that you have to be able to help you move through that and what that felt like for you? Thank you for that question, right? And there's so many, right? There's subtle ones that happen where you're sitting there looking out the window. Um, there's intense ones that turn your life upside down and shift you forever. I can say that most of the shifts invited me to take big risks, right? So I want to talk about those because the subtle shifts change you and then they build up, right? Mm -hmm. And they build up and then, but there are big ones that come where you know that life cannot go on that way anymore. And so it opens up another part of your energy. It opens up something that says, I can do this. I know I could do this. I know I have this and I must because it's inside of me and I was born for this, right? And we've spoken about this before about as women, um, and then there's many more intersectionalities with that. We are oppressed. I mean, we're still oppressed, okay? It's Roe versus Wade, so many other things. And then not just the United States, when we look at the whole world. 
And so we've been taught to hide. I've been taught to hide. I've been taught, I've been taught as a Latina, calladita te ves más bonita. You look better when you're quiet. But yet I had a fierce ass mom, right? So I'm like, you're confusing me. Um, so one of the shifts that I had, and I just want it's back in the day day. Okay. So I was a debater. <laughs> I was a champion debater. And my, my coach said, Vanessa, uh, and I was on an amazing team that went from 87 in the country to top 10 in the country. And there were only six of us. Right. And we used to travel. And so now we're going to nationals. I'm like 19 years old. And he pulls me aside. He goes, I know you've won a lot this year and you're not going to nationals. You're not going to nationals because you're a woman. You're not going to nationals because you're not going to win. You're not going to nationals because I want my team to win. And I'm like, I'm part of the winning team. And so I went to cry. It was at Marist College. I went to cry at this grotto with the Virgin Mary. There was this like, you know, let me set the scene. There's like mist in the air. I'm like, <gasps> and I am crying, shaking, angry, upset. And suddenly something inside me is like, you have to go to Colorado Air Force Academy for the national you must go. You're going to be top five. You must go. You are supposed to go. You must go. And I'm like, how am I supposed to go? Now, I tell you, I heard this voice inside of me. I'm already used to that. For all, it could be it could be your own voice. It could be a different voice. But it's this deep knowing as I'm crying in front of the Virgin Mary. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? It's like, you have to. You must. You will. It's there. Go. You have to go. And I'm like, you know, so I grab my quarters and I'm like dipping them because that's back in the day where you have to pay the pay phone. I'm like, oh, well, mommy, papi, I have to go. I was at the Virgin Mary Grotto crying and, you know, we're spiritual. So my parents were not shocked by any of this that I was sharing. They're like, OK, my dad's like, you know what? We'll pay for the ticket. I'm like, great. I'm going to go to the coach. So I, I went to my parents first. I went to my partner. He's like, you're crazy. He's a dude from upstate who played hockey. Right. But he was a good debater. He's like, you know, I'll follow you into the brush fires. Okay. Whatever we need to do. He's like, I'll go into battle with you. You're crazy, but I love you. <laughs> we'll do it. And then I went to my coach and I went in there and I was terrified. Right. I was still, I had won the first, I was the first woman to receive a scholarship. I was the first Latina to get a debate scholarship. People were upset about it. It, it, it was weird. Some of my friends uh, who are not Latina and so I was scared. I was intimidated, but yeah, I had to go in there. And I just went in there with like my heart on fire. Like, listen, you don't understand. We have to go. Um, and I think I scared the crap out of him. And he was like six foot four. I'm like five, three and a half. Um, you know, and I'm just like, I must go. Ah, women can do this. That ah, spirit told me. And he's just like, easy lady. I said, I'll sleep on the floor in the boys room. I'll do what I have to do. So of course we went. And uh, my partner and I came in third in the country in the novice division. It was even higher. And wow. I remember being, there were over 300 teams from all over the country. I was like 19 years old. And, you know, back in the day, Melda Marcos, you probably, everybody's younger. They're not going to know who she was. She had a huge collection of, she was like the wife of a leader of a country or she was the leader of a country. And she had this huge shoe collection. So I had my Melda Marcos heels. I'm wobbling down to get my little copper, you know, um, award and every person every coach that I passed like uh different academies different universities were like you deserve it you guys deserve it but had I not been brave had I not trusted that inner voice I would have never been there and I would be telling a story of oh they didn't take me and I could have been something I could have you know I could have done something another time which was a big shift was when I was laid off the third time in four years and I was working in media and it kept happening. I lived alone in, in New York city, right? In Queens, very close to Manhattan. That means your rate, your rent is higher. 
living alone, no husband, no partner, you know, all that. And suddenly I got laid off for the third time. And I really, I was just distraught. And I knew I'm the type of person that I've always had. I think it's the immigrant mentality, at least for me, where I always have backups to my backups. So I had the job job. I had the readings on the side. I would do voiceovers sometimes in Espanol. I would lead events at a nightclub. I had these different things that people would call me for. And I'd be like, okay, I'll take the 300, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so I would do, and it would be like an adventure for me. Like, okay. Um, see, when you don't have kids, these are the crazy things you could do, right? Um, and I remember just sitting there distraught. And when I lost this job, the third job, listen, I had just been, and I got laid off before um, a big surgery. I had a breakup with somebody I thought was my soulmate. Uh, I was in a car accident too on December 21st, 2012. And so all these things like back to back, which I'm not going to take up the time. These, they just kept hitting me and people around me were like, you must be like, is this a curse? Like, is somebody cursing your family? Like, why are you going through these things? Like the general energy from a lot of people, they start to separate from me because by the way, folks, knowingly or unknowingly, sometimes when you get hit with a lot of difficult things, people are scared to catch it. It's a weird thing. They might be nice to you, but then they have no words. Because, and not everyone, there'll be good people who are mature enough. And not that they're not good, the people who separate, it's just that they're not mature enough to handle the whole space. People start to separate me, they didn't know what to do. They're, oh my God, oh my God. And I literally got the message as I'm distraught and crying, but what am I going to do? You have to move out of your house, sublet your home, and build your business. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm 40. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I didn't do this when I was in my 20s. And um, talked to my mom. She's like, well, you told me many crazy things in life and I can't really help you financially. So this is what spirit tells you. You know better. You've tested it through your life. And I did it. And just to say, I was terrified. I was scared. I felt shame. I felt shame that at 40, I was in a situation where I got laid off and used my money for my surgery and all this stuff. And now I was like, who do I turn to? There's nothing, but, but I turned to spirit. And so in the first one, I turned into my intuitive connection to spirit. And the second one is my intuitive. And I did a ceremony and I asked for help. And, you know, spirit kept telling me your wings are so much wider than, you know, Vanessa, you're meant to fly. You're meant to fly. You're meant to do so much. You're meant to do so much. And folks, I did not grow up in a time where there was Wi-Fi, where there was, you know, as a younger person. To be 20, I didn't know that when I got older, I would be be locate, have location freedom from 2012 and on, end of 2012 and on. And so I did it. I subletted my home, took a backpack and a suit, little suitcase, went to Panama for a month and a half, started speaking there, teaching, teaching intuition workshops. And it's very, if, you know, I'm an earth sign, I'm, I'm a Taurus, right? You like your home, <laughs> You like your things. You like your stuff where you lay your head down. So it was uncomfortable at every level. It was uncomfortable socially. Well, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm living anywhere. You know, it wasn't the cool thing where people like location freedom, how cool I want it. No, it was like, what's she like? What's going on with her? She's losing her mind. Um, and it was horrifying. Like, what if I failed? but I anchor deeply into what my knowing. So intuition is really powerful. Your relationship to spirit is the thing that's going to move you through these difficult spaces. And, and when you test it over and over again, meaning you do it, you jump, you, you hop, you fly, you start to get a lot of bravery and courage because you know that your wings are strong. And so I had already done that thing in college 
I had already broken up with people like years before that. Um, I was told that somebody wasn't for me and we were about to get married two months before. And I was like, spirit, show me in black and white. I got it. There was an email on my, on my laptop. And then I left him. I canceled my wedding. I lost all this money. I had no job. Boom. I was able to come back. And so with this thing in 2012, I was scared. Some people didn't get me. Some of my friends got really upset with me. Um, I lost a best friend. Um, people didn't want to date me, by the way, because they were like, she's living in Panama now. She's in Costa Rica. Her business isn't solid yet. What is happening with this person? But I'll tell you this. Within three and a half months, I was back home. My friend moved out of my apartment. She was the one I subletted to. And then I did a $9,000 program that I was also terrified to do. I'd never done anything like that. Urban Priestess Mastery for nine months. Sold it for $9,000 for nine months. Nine people came in. And when somebody wrote me and said, Vanessa, my, I'm going to pay for me and my assistant. Um, do you want the 18000 in payment plan? Or should I just send it to your bank account? And I remember like looking up, but I'm like, why are you looking up? Look at the earth, mother earth. You know, I was like, look up, look down, look sideways, look within. Um, I literally was screaming inside me. And so we don't know what we're capable of until we make these spirit led leaps. And there's a difference because when it's ego, it's different. Ego's like, I could do that. Oh, they did it. I could do it. And I don't know that when you make that ego shift that it's going to like work, you might fall flat on your face. I've seen people go, I could do what she does in my business. I could do it. And then they do it. And then it doesn't work for them because it wasn't an alignment. So what it is, is aligned decision-making from your soul, from your spirit. And we do sometimes need to do healing work. So for me, I was terrified. I did hypnosis on myself. I hired a therapist back up again. I did some EMDR. Um, I did a lot of ceremony. I did a lot of prayer because now I was gonna have to take my altar on the road, right? <laughs> like I literally had like a little owl. It's one of my spirit animals and uh, or spirit guiding spirits and um, my sacred feather, my medicine bag and like a deck of cards and a little vela, a little candle. And so I had to let go of like, you know, all the things. And it was very hard. I felt like an outsider. I felt ostracized by regular humanity in 2012. Um, I didn't feel well. I wasn't well. I had MRSA on my body. But even with all of that, the shift came into that I could do bigger things than what I imagined I could do. That my strength wasn't to just be hidden. Like in my whole life up to then, I did things. Obviously, I was a bit debater. I've performed. I've done. I've did voiceover work. But I was always in the background. And I think that when you're in humble service, right, to offering of your community and your healer, you can get caught up in that. But service doesn't mean sacrifice. And this idea is the colonizer's idea where we're like, no, I must be humble. My face does not need to be seen. My, my name. I'm just a healer, right? And I had to, that's another shift I had to go through. That I was like, spirits, like you need to, this is like a leap for you. You need to go from all the healers you were in your past life where you weren't seen or you were like, no, I'm just in service to letting yourself be seen and letting yourself be heard and understanding that there's actually nothing wrong with taking up space as an individual and that showing yourself embodied and rooted in your truth is what's going to ignite 
and bring the people and the circumstances and the life that you actually want to create. Being ignited in your purpose and being seen in it attracts the partner. It attracts the opportunities. But we've been taught, no, I must be humble and hide. I can't speak. I must not brag about myself, right? All these things. And it's okay for us to talk about our successes. It's okay for us to be like, shit, I did that. I got the ATK in the bank. I'm all right. Uh, Right. You know, and before I was like, I don't care about money. Money's not important. So there were all these shifts that led me into my personal power. And that's why even now in difficult situations, I left New York to be here with my husband. And at one point I left my apartment, right? My apartment was $2,000 people, okay? For, For one bedroom in Queens. But it was still like I could afford it, right? I worked, I did my business. But when I left and I came to Central PA at one point when we were struggling, I was like, what is this? Damn, I can't go back to New York. What am I going to do? And then I just went in, I meditated, I connected to my spirit, I connected to my intuition. She was just like, hello, how much have you survived? How much have you created? You've been online since 2012, supporting yourself, six figures. Come on, girl. It was like, yes, it will suck if it fails. Yes, you will be sad and you will heal. And you will love again. Listening to each one of those shifts, I think the one of the things that sticks out to me is the first one, right? Where it was the debate team and going. I love that you were able to, because you said you, you're, you had had years of practice. You grew up in a family that encourage that like that was spiritual and so to hear you say you listened to that voice and then you called your parents and they didn't doubt it they didn't question it it was like all right how can we help you and then even hearing you say that for the other shift that you had where you called your mother I think about it reminds me of just how important it is to have those anchors in our life the people that we can turn to that are going to uplift us that are going to be the ones to remind us of our greatness. And um, I know I was saying it a little bit in the beginning that we've started working together. And I think for me, in the last couple months, you've been one of those people for me. And even I think about the people in other parts of my life that can be that for, for me. And I think for listeners to even take stock of like, for them, who is that in your life? Who is that person that you know that you can tell them that inner knowing, that inner voice that you might think sounds crazy? for some of us. Um, but then to have someone who validates that for you, like how empowering that feels to, to be able to like share, you know, I have this feeling or I have this thought and to have someone listen, like actually listen to you and not judge you for it, but to uplift you and say, yeah, maybe you are right. Like you should follow that. Um, is the first thing that came to mind as you started sharing your stories. And then even hearing, I've known you for only a couple of months, right? And I followed you for, for a couple of years or online at this point. And there is this tenacity in everything that you do. Um, and even hearing you tell your stories, that courage and fearness, fierceness is like, for me, even hearing you talk about it again, like just that connection you have with your spirit, with spirit, with yourself and not, um, I don't know if you question it ever throughout the years. And when you do like knowing to just listen deeply, like that is, it's a, a tool and a gift that I hope people learn how to start to cultivate that, to really trust that inner knowing that we get, that intuition that we have within us. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I did doubt it. I wasn't doubting. I was pissed. Um, 
I think you all know then 2020 that I lost half my family, my dad, my mom, and my brother, my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And spirit told me this is going to happen. They said, your worst nightmare is going to come true. And I was like, oh God. So, but you can never be prepared. So I made it through 2020. And then 2021, I got married and we had to reschedule the wedding many times. And I was really happy because my family's in Miami and but they would come up and they would be, and then they got COVID. So on top of not having, like I had basically no immediate family. I had cousins that grew up separately and distantly, but they showed up. So that was great. Uh, but my sister, my brother, my niece, like my surviving family members, that was really hard. And when I found out, I literally cursed at my altar. <laughs> I laid on the floor. I sobbed. I cried. I sobbed. I screamed. I yelled. And I told my husband, I'm going to go up there and make a lot of noise. And I think it's very important for us to allow ourselves our feelings. Just because we're spiritual, we're trying to heal. doesn't mean that we negate the feelings that are not pretty and nice. That can lead us to illness. That can lead us to blockages. And I've and I've been doing this for quite a while. Where I just I and I don't do it to people or at people. I do it within my own space, and I let myself really feel. Or I do it in nature. And I wept and wept and wept. And I'm like, how could you do this? You took half my family. Now my family can't make it. And I had a bad feeling about my brother. And my brother did wind up fighting for his life over the next three weeks after the wedding. Um, and he's alive, thank God. Because I was like, don't take another one. Like I can't. I can't do it. Like I'm brave. And I knew all those losses were initiations, right? Uh, but I was like, do I need to be initiated even more? Like, what are you initiating me into? Like oblivion? Like, what What are we doing? And I was so mad. And then, and then I just lay there spent and I heard, it's not personal. And I had to breathe that in because we've been taught in a lot of Judeo-Christian religions, like, if you're good, you get this. If you're good, you get that. And that's why so many people have been pissed, have been really angry at their religions. I know because I work with them where they're like, God wasn't there when they cut off my leg. God wasn't there. You know, everybody gets, has these angers, but it's because we've, we haven't understood what our relationship to spirit means. It doesn't mean we get everything that we want. It doesn't mean that things turn out exactly that we want. Sometimes we need the initiation into another space of ourselves. And unfortunately the initiatory path requires loss, grief, healing. Um, and, and just when I laid there, there wasn't, there was that shift suddenly uh, I cried and cried, but then when I heard it's not personal, they have lessons to learn. They're on their own healing journey. You need to go and enjoy your wedding and be there fully present and send everybody good juju. And I already had an ancestor table and we brought food to it. We had candles lit. Everybody came in and saw pictures of everybody who had crossed my husband's as well. But the table where my family was supposed to be, we went and printed out photos. The wedding day, my husband and I are running around printing, putting them in frames. And he's like, life is never boring with you. Never a dull day, not even the wedding day. Because we were like, CBS doesn't have it. Does Rite Aid have it? Let's run. And, we're, and we ran in with all these frames and we put them around the table. And then we said bye and went to get ready. Um, and there was a tango performance that I surprised him with. We did a dance for the Kurdish people, for his people. And there was actual real joy. I really wasn't like, in a space of they're not here, they're sick, what's going on? I was really like, and sending them that juju. And so that was another shift of sometimes really crappy things are going to happen and really um, unsettling things around you or to people that you care about. And they're not personal. And it's very hard not to take it personally. Yeah. You were so saying- I it in that moment. I'm like, ah! but then it was like, breathe, Vanessa you know? Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned right now had me think of the other question I was going to ask you around 
practices that you lean on when you are like in the middle of those shifts? You were talking about breathing. You were talking about going upstairs and making all that noise and letting that release from your body. That's so important for us to be able to do that. Like you were saying, because otherwise it accumulates in the body. And then five years later, things will happen. And you're like, oh, I wonder where that came from. It's from all the repeated times of shutting down those emotions. Um, what other tools do you have in your t- little tool belt? Your maybe your big tool belt <laughs> that you rely on to get you through those shifts. Um, I have an ancestor altar for a really, really long time. And it's just a space that you pick and put up photos of people who crossed over. You can, if you don't have them, because we don't like, we tend to have photos of people who tend to have more money or more, more recent, right? So I can have a feather, you could have a rock, something that represents um, a little statue of something or the places that they come from. And on there, I have crystals and I have rocks and I have my grandmother's rosary. I have glasses of water that I, re- that I refill every week. And I have photos of the, on the wall. They're staring at me right now as I speak, oh, like right there. Um, and I have had that since I'm 20. My mom had it in her house. And when I moved out, I literally was walking around with these things and people were like, my roommates in the beginning were like, what? Um, and so I like to be in front of my um, altar. It's something physical. Obviously the altar's within you. All the magic, magic is within you. But these things, these tools help us and remind us. And so um, nature is very powerful for me. I have some back back here where I live or anywhere. And just even sitting on Mother Earth, putting your hands on it and just a mother on her and just allowing yourself to connect and breathe. And I always ask Mother Earth to like take and transmute my pain and transmute my energy. Um, I love candles be careful of which kind. Some of them are not good for us, right? I think soy is better. And I don't light as many as I used to, but I love lighting a candle that comes from also the Catholic base, right? And and spiritual. And just sitting there and lighting, lighting the way symbolically with a candle, like bringing light into the world. I also do Reiki. And so I will, while I'm laying there crying and sobbing, be like, you know, and run it through myself. Um, but I think one of the tools that people overlook is that we actually have the power to invoke help, angelic help. It may not look the way you want it. It may not look like they save people at the last minute or whatever. Um, but and what I mean by invocation, it's not begging. It doesn't have to be begging. It doesn't have to be, oh, oh you know, it can be if that's what makes you happy. But it can be you standing in your power and being like, I call on air and I call on fire and I call on spirit and I call on water. And when we call on the directions, which, you know, is it's from every tradition, it's 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 indigenous, Latin America, North America, it's African, it's North European. We call on those directions. We're not only calling on those energies outside of ourselves, but we're invoking the energies within the fire of my courage, the spirit, the 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 water, the west, calling forward the energy of my dreams, right? We call on the north, the earth, calling on those who walk before me, literally calling in the elements within and without and standing in that space. And I just want to share that after um, I broke off that marriage and didn't have a job, I was like, oh my God, they're going to take the apartment away from me. And I literally stood in the middle of my apartment and went like, I call this, I call that, I call, it's like a movie, right? You'd imagine the things were flying. Yeah. It's like, I call the directions. If you've ever loved me, I literally said these words, spirit, if you have ever loved me through time and space, I need you to move things and I need to have a job and things need to come into place. I did what I had to do. I released what was not good for me. I surrender, allow me to have what I need in order to make this, to make through this time. 
And um, a friend called me. I got an interview for a job. I got the job within the month. They gave me the paperwork. I kept my home. But it was literally an invocation. So we are, if we want to pray, if that's what we're used to traditionally, go ahead. But we can, as, you know, I, I'm a brujita too, but as a medicine person, as a brujita, we can say, you know, Father, Son, Mother Earth, Water, Air, my ancestors, my wise and well, like, I need you now. If, if you've ever loved me, and I know that you do, help me in this moment. Give me the strength. Give me the courage. And I think that's a tool that I use a lot that I don't talk about. So you gave me the opening for that. But it's energy work and taking a bath. Like water, oh my God, water's big, big deal for me. Um, I literally get in the shower or bath and I'm like, I release everything that is mine and not mine. I release thoughts, beliefs. Be careful if you say relationships. I had some budding friendships that I was excited about. And then I did this and they, they, they collapsed. Mm. It's meant to be. <laughs> and I say, I release relationships, situations, feelings, um, ancestral energies, uh, um, any hooks from people, any cords. I release what no longer serves. I allow myself to return to my own energy. And I trust in my own connection to the divine, something like that. So I do that a lot. Like I'll get into a shower, I'll get into a bath. And and my husband's an atheist who doesn't believe. And I have to tell you, Joanna, I didn't do this. And I do this every day. I really do this every day for like 20 years, but I didn't do it because we were moving and there was like so much going on. Um, and he literally looked at me one day and he goes, you don't do that thing. You didn't do that thing, right? You didn't do the thing. And I go, what thing? I showered, I bathed because yeah, but you didn't do the thing. And I go, what thing? The thing you told me that you do that I don't believe in. And I go, how can you tell that I didn't do the thing? Because you don't look like yourself. You don't feel like yourself. Wow. You're not moving through life like yourself. So an atheist who's like, I don't believe in any of this. This is, you know, a hogwash, blah, blah, blah. I only believe in science. I was like, oh, really? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't. I said, he goes, many days, right? I go, yeah, three days. He's like, go do it. He could tell he was like, this is not my wife. Go get her. No, he's like, you were weighed down. He said, you were literally weighed down. He goes, and you're not someone that stays weighed down that much. He goes, you cry, you feel, you talk, you communicate. Then an energy shifts and you're like back into your space. Um, Not that we have to be happy or good all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But when we're carrying energies that are not ours or we work with people or clients and we all work with people at some point, right? Like there's some interaction we can pick up people's anxiety, pain, sadness. So everything you just shared, like all of the different tools that you lean on, the invocation, the baths, the water, being able to call on that, like you said, is something that you haven't shared. And I, I'm glad that you were able to share that because I hope that that really does help someone who is listening. And I think about um, some of that stuff that you mentioned I started doing that at like 16 without really, I, I don't know where it came from. I think I, I love using the element of fire. Um, back then at 16, my invocation, like the little bit different of calling on my guides for help. I loved using, and I still do this pretty often. I love using fire. I love using letters to write. And for me in my mind, I've always thought about it as like ringing a bell, like I'm still here, please like come listen to me, like don't forget about me. Um, but I love the image of you standing in the middle and then getting like that validation of, yes, we are here to support you. So even having that that connection to spirit and to the elements and everything that you invoked and getting the, the thing that you needed to be able to keep what you needed in that moment. Um, I think that's a really beautiful practice and one that is so powerful. Thank you. 
And I love that you're doing it at 16. It's so amazing. And I think some of these practices are innate. It's just that they're not supported. I mean, thankfully things are changing now. Um, they're not supported, you know, by everyday life, but I think things are changing. So I would say trust, trust what comes flows naturally to you. You know, if when there's a storm, you want to go stand and like feel the wind, you know, in your hair, go do it. If you love, um, if you have a fire pit or you can be near a fire and you feel, or song comes through you. I used to sing a lot too. It's like letting, we have all these things that can bring us healing, right? Already with us, which is earth the elements, our breath, our body, our mind, our spirit, dancing, singing, our voice. Um, we need to use it because sometimes we sink in when we have like challenges, we like, and it's okay. I always tell my students, you know, take, get a return trip on Pity Pot Island, right? Go on the Pity Pot, like <laughs> go on the Pity Pot. Like we all do it. I do it. I do. I'm a good person. Why is this happening? All right. Time to get back on the ferry and come back. I mean, and no one can tell you when, right? You, everybody is in their own healing journey and everyone is different. Um, but I do believe that the more we heal, the quicker we can move through some things. You know, when we're, when we're weighed down with a lot of trauma, it becomes harder because there's more to wade through. Mm. So that's the good news. I think that the more healing that we do, it can get easier and easier to trust ourselves and to return. Yeah. All right, Vanessa. So before we move into the next part, I'd love for you to share how people can get in touch with you what other like if you have upcoming workshops events or offerings that you'd like to share with the audience um how can they reach you and what are the best ways to contact you thank you so much so if you want to reach me go to instagram the biz bruja b-r-u-j-a and then you can find me on the same name the biz um i haven't been teaching in the last couple of months but i always teach for like so many years so my Reiki level one class online will be starting soon. There is a master teacher Usui Reiki happening in August. That's the next thing that's coming up. And we do so much where I actually have you lead part of a class online because I found that a lot of people who train, right, they then are afraid to teach or it takes a while because they're like, I don't know if I'm ready. Um, and we do it as a group. We, we get to be on Zoom. I work with somebody physically in the room so you could see me doing the practices and I explain it. Um, and because people are like, is it the same as an in-person? But if you're somewhere that's further away and are interested in something online, yes, that's happening. You could find that in the link in the IG and Instagram, the Bruce Bruja. My little link is there. And my eight-week intuition journey will be starting again August, September. And I'm always looking to coach soul-centered, um, very, you know, people filled with integrity who want to build their businesses online. I've been here online 11 years. So you can reach out to me about one-on-one -on -one and, um, and maybe I'll do a special offer for Akashic Record readings for your folks. And I'll send that to you for 30 minutes and we can get clear on what's weighing on your heart, on your mind, or your spirit. So thank you. Amazing. You guys got to take her up on it. Um, we've done a couple of Akashic record readings and some hypnosis and it is not to be missed it is like I said before like if you can if you not if you can when you can reach out to her because things will come through that you may not even realize or something that you need to work through and it can change everything for you 
So with that being said, Vanessa, I am going to hand the floor over to you to guide us. Um, I don't know what you have up your sleeve for today, but I'm here to receive and so are the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joanna, for this opportunity. So allowing our eyes to gently close, feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our booty in the seat, wherever we may be sitting. And we're going to take three deep breaths and call back our energy and only the energy that needs to return, right? Sometimes we release energy that needs to be alchemized. We're only going to call back the energy that needs to return. So taking a deep breath in and exhaling, releasing what we don't need from our mouths, taking another breath in through our nose, calling back our energy and only the energy that needs to return, exhaling from our mouths. And one more, taking a deep breath in through our nose, calling back our energy and exhaling through our mouths. As we allow ourselves to just breathe in and out without feeling that we need to change it or alter it in any way, beginning to focus to the space below our belly button, right? To that area right there, really low in our belly and allowing our belly to just fill up with breath. And then exhale as we allow ourselves to come back through our breath, knowing that it is safe for us to be here right now, knowing that we too deserve this time to connect to our inner knowing, that we can do so much for others that it is really important for us to fill our own cup. As we allow ourselves to continue returning to our body, returning to our breath, I'm going to invite you into an invocation of our elements. As we continue to breathe, feeling ourselves here, I'm going to invite you to call in the energy of the South, the energy of fire. And as we breathe in the energy of fire, calling in our courage, calling in our strength, calling in the ignition, the igniting spark of our soul. As we breathe in, imagining what fire means to you, that crackling flame, the candlelight lit on your altar, <clears throat> the warmth, the heat, the energy of beginnings, the energy of being ignited, the energy of movement and inspiration being fired up in a good way. As we allow ourselves to imagine that crackling fire right before us, we call on the energy of fire we call on the fire within to ignite us into the next steps, into the next leap, into the next expansion. Thank you for being here. And then taking another breath in and calling in the energy of water, calling in the energy of dreams, of cleansing, of nourishing and nurturing ourselves. It is safe for us to take time to rest, to dream. It is now safe for us to trust our dreams. Our dreams are seated within our soul to guide us back to ourselves, to create the change within us, to create the change without in the community, in the world. We are dream keepers. We are carriers of visions. It is safe now for me to trust the visions that guide me. I call on the power of water to allow me to connect to my dreams, to heal deeply. I call on the energy of water. Now I call on the energy of the North, of Pachamama, Mother Earth. I call on the energy of those who walk before us. I call on the energy of the wise and well ancestors who love me, 
I need not know your names. We need not know your names to know that you run through our blood, through our hearts, through our minds. Come to us. Venga, ven a nosotros. As you come, I welcome the wisdom. I'm breathing in. And if you're ready, ask for the wisdom to come in dreams or in signs or in songs, to come in a very manageable way, to come in a way that brings ease and grace. Thank you, thank you, dear ancestors who've been so resilient and brave, creative. That is why we are here. That is why I'm here. As we call forth now the energy of the East, calling in the energy of the condor, the eagle that sees all, calling in the energy of the East, of the air, of the breath in our lungs, the power of our voice, knowing that words have power, that when we hold back our words, we are holding back change, calling in the power of our sacred voice, calling in the power of our sacred thoughts, that thoughts and words have power. And from today on, I reclaim the power and the strength. I always have power, even in situations where I feel overwhelmed. I have choices. I can choose the words that I use when I speak to myself about the challenges I've been through. I honor myself. I am the hero of my own journey, the heroine of my own journey. As we call in all these elements, feeling the wind, feeling the fire, the water, the earth beneath our feet that holds us, calling in the energy of spirit. Spirit has always been with us. Spirit resides within us, resides outside of us. It is the wisdom that carries the knowing through the ages. And in this moment, I ask each and every one of you to call in your own spirit. You might use the word God if that is for you or goddess or great spirit. And as we call in this powerful healing energy of knowing, some of you might call it intuition, as we sit surrounded by the elements infused by spirit, taking a deep breath in, welcoming spirit and asking spirit, what do I most need to know right now in this space, in this time, in this moment? Taking a deep breath and allowing yourself to receive through visions or words or knowing or sensation. What do I most need to know right now in this moment? And breathing in that energy and that wisdom. Taking another breath in. Maybe there's a dream or a decision or something that you've been wanting to make, a decision, a leap, a jump, a hop, a skip, something that you wanted to shift in your life. But you've been scared for valid reasons, income or relationship or what will they say? Or I don't know if I could build a business or I don't know if I could write a poem, whatever it may be. Or wanting to have a child, but fearing the actual process, anything that might be in your heart, in your heart. What is something that is requiring courage and strength from you right now? And asking spirit to give you insight and wisdom on this, this leap that you want to take, on this thing that you want to embark on, on this journey, on this true initiation of spirit. And asking deeply from your spirit, what do I most need to know about this leap that I'm going to take, that I want to take. 
allowing yourself to receive, knowing that there will be more answers in the next 48 hours. And breathing again and asking spirit to allow you to feel what is my most courageous self? What if I believed that everything that spirit and intuition guided me into was the path for my own expansion, for my own joy, for my own abundance, for my own, for my own happiness. And allowing yourself to fill yourself with that energy, knowing that as you align yourself with your spirit and your intuitive knowing that you cannot fail, there might be delays, there might be detours, but knowing that when I am anchored in my truth, that I'm being guided to my highest purpose and my highest joy. And that bit by bit, day by day, it is already unfolding. I hold true to my path. I hold true to my vision. And I have the patience. And I have the knowing to get up every day and step by step, keep walking, flying, moving, breathing, healing towards this vision, this decision that I carry within me. I'm safe. I'm held and I'm loved. I'm already moving towards my greatest expansion, joy and purpose. And it feels so good. And asking spirit again, I ask you to work miracles in my life. I ask you to guide me into deeper intuition every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is already happening. I'm giving thanks now to the East. May we continue to have intuition and knowing. May we see objectively and know that things are not personal, that we are guided for the bigger picture. Thank you, Ondor Eagle. Thank you, East. Thank you to the wise and well ancestors of the North. Thank you, Pachamama, Mother Earth, for holding me. Thank you for my body that carries the spirit, this courage, and this purpose. Thank you to the energy of water. Thank you to the West. Thank you for my dreams. Thank you for the cleansing power of showering and bathing and nourishing our body. Thank you to fire that ignites the flame within me and gives me the courage to see through the everyday challenges, to know that what ignites my spirit is true and is real. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And gently feeling your booty on the seat again, your feet on the ground, coming back more inspired, knowing you can always return to this practice. It is safe to be here. It is safe to be visionary. It is safe to be ignited and inspired and gently returning and coming back. Thank you so much, Vanessa. That was so great for so many different reasons. Um, Thank you for taking the time to share all of your stories and your wisdom with the audience today. And I will be linking all of Vanessa's information in the show notes. So please do reach out to her until next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I am so honored that Vanessa took the time to chat with me, to be on the podcast. And I'm just really grateful to have her in my life, um, to be one of my teachers and mentors, one of my healers that I get to lean on 
I hope you get to also make sure to reach out to her, go follow her on Instagram and Facebook, sign up for her email list, sign up for one of her offerings. You won't be disappointed. I promise. I'll catch you on next week's episode.